Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Lauren Simmons. She is a keynote speaker, women's and youth personal finance expert, author, film producer, and TV show creator. Lauren, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you, Chris. So I have interviewed more than 600 people just on the podcast, but easily over a thousand in various capacities, whether at a homeless youth program I created at a shelter in LA where I interviewed Buzz Aldrin and Diana Naya, this world-class athlete or Elon Musk. And then this podcast, we've interviewed literally people that have climbed up Mount Everest and have worked with presidents. Now, it's not easy for me to be impressed, frankly, because I have literally interviewed some of the top people in the world. But for you, the first thing I noticed is you're a young woman and you're actually represented by a speaking bureau. And for those of our listeners that don't know, a speaking bureau is like an agent for speakers. So if you're an actor or an actress and you're on CAA, ICM, UTA, or WME, those are like the top talent agencies. But when you're in the speaking world, just to be on a speaking bureau, it's, it's the top because you're like the top echelon. So the first thing I noticed about you as well, this woman has to have something going on because you don't just get to be repped by a speaking bureau. And I'm, my first question is, Lauren, what specifically do you talk about and how did you actually get on a speaking bureau? Yeah, so specifically, I talk about uh, personal finance, um, and then I also speak as a motivational speaker sharing my story. Uh, for me, I was able to be able to be on a bureau because I made history in 2017 as becoming the second African-American female trader at the New York Stock Exchange in its 226 years. I was also the youngest member at the exchange and the only female uh, for about a year and a half while I worked at the exchange. And since then, my story has blown up. Um, I was speaking for about a year and a half without um, a, a bureau. And from there, APB and a couple other bureaus had reached out. And I thought it would make my life a little easier if I had uh, someone representing me on that front. Nice. And so I'm always curious about the backstory. So how did you end up becoming? Like, were you always a big personal finance person or just stock person. Tell us about your, your, your backstory growing up. Yeah, so I'm originally from Marietta, Georgia, which is about five minutes outside of Atlanta. And no, I went to college and thought I was going to go into genetics or got a genetics degree um, and thought I was going to get an MD in genetics as well and go to Sarah Lawrence in New York. Um, the day I graduated, December 13, 2016, I hopped on a plane and moved to New York with no job. And I knew that I, while writing my senior thesis, I did not want to pursue genetics. Uh, we're not as technologically advanced as I had hoped. And because of it, I decided to pivot. That pivot, I had no idea. What I used was my minor uh, in statistics. And I spoke to any company that would allow me to speak to them. I networked, had coffee with any and everybody who could move mountains within their company to bring me on, but I didn't specifically seek out the exchange or finance or stocks. Um, and very long story short, I met a man who pretty much offered me the job at the New York Stock Exchange. And all I had to do was pass the infamous Series 19 exam, which had an 80% fail rate. Um, and I passed and literally the rest is history. Well, let's dive a little deeper because, again, I actually used to work on Wall Street. I used to work at American Express a half block away from Wall Street, literally, let's say the corner of Broad and 
and Wall Street. For those who are listening, we have listeners from all around the world. It's one of the most historical places in the world because not only are trillions of dollars of money traded every day, but you actually have George Washington, his statue across the street from the, the New York Stock Exchange, holding up his hand. That's mm -hmm. where he took the oath of office, and that's in front of the Federal Hall. And then there's a, a skyscraper hall right behind that. But so again, for listeners, if you ever have a chance to go to New York City, they've since closed off that entire street to have only pedestrian walking. But I remember when I was at the Stock Exchange at one point, just as a tour, they call it, I think, the, the pit. So I'm curious, like, what does an actual New York Stock Exchange equity trader do when you're actually at the New York Stock Exchange? Yeah, so we just uh, buy and sell stocks on behalf of our clients. Um, I know people want to make it seem um, a lot more challenging. Obviously, like working in finance, it's high stress. You have to make decisions in microseconds, um, which is why you'll typically see a lot of men on the trading floor. Um, they are alpha men. Um, but I really appreciated my time on the floor and yeah, it, it really showed me a lot on one hand of how to manage stress, two, how to perform um, in high stressful capacities and two and three, sticking to whatever my decisions were and whether it was a good or bad decision, I couldn't hide under anyone. I couldn't make excuses. I had to be responsible for whatever decision I made, which was scary. I was 21, first job, first career out of college, and it was it was scary, but it was fun and it was an amazing experience. So you're 21 right out of college and you get to be a New York Stock Exchange equity trader. What did your boss think or your mentor think to even put you there? Again, I don't know enough about that. That's why I'm asking, you know? Yeah, so I mean a lot, I think people might know this, maybe not, but a lot, how to get to the position on the trading floor or oftentimes a lot of jobs on finance and Wall Street, it is because of who you know. Um, and at least on the trading floor, nepotism is a very much real thing. Um, but, you know, Richard Rosenblatt, he loved that I had, quote unquote, his words, the audacity to move from Georgia to New York to apply for a job that I knew nothing about. And he was very intrigued by my confidence. And, um, and he said, yes, I will take a chance on this girl. But again, it is very much the mindset of a trader because every trade that you make, you make in microseconds. And yeah, so yeah, he yeah. knew immediately once meeting me, yes, we're gonna hire her. Well, so, okay, I, I understand the audacity and the courage, which by the way, for our listeners, that is literally the single most important quality that I see that's most lacking in people that don't pursue the dreams. And I don't even buy back to success. You can easily make money and you can be a lawyer, doctor, entrepreneur, but if you really want to live your dreams, you have to have courage because I just see so many people that don't have that. So that's a superpower. Now, beyond the courage mm -hmm. part, which is super important, but the actual skill set of a trader, because again, they're not going to just say, oh, okay, you're audacious, great. But that's a massive um, step if you're saying you just came out of college. So what's one other quality? I mean, Genetics, you studied that. I mean, do you think that was helpful from an analytical standpoint to, to be in that role? Well, for me, I knew going on to the trader, going on to the floor, I didn't want to do trader. I was hoping that I would actually end up in a financial analyst role. So I definitely sold the uh, statistics background. But what I definitely would love to stress to people is that it isn't always what's on your resume or even the skills that you've had previous. If you want to do something, do it. You will learn the skills along the way. Obviously, on the trading floor, you have to get licensed. To get licensed, I put in, I studied the, the book cover to cover for one month straight. 
Um, and I wasn't, a, and I knew I wasn't afforded the opportunity to have someone uh, vouch for me if I failed the exam, because that's typically what a lot of other men on the floor, you know, they have their uncles or their dads or whomever to say, no, really give this person a chance. And that wasn't the case for me. So I definitely had to put in the time, uh, study my butt off and I, and I passed, but, um, yeah, I think a lot of it, I would say had to do with personality and confidence and the skill set came later on once I was actually a licensed trader. Great. But one last question I have is since your, your adventure is still unfolding, obviously you have a lot of things going on and we don't really have time to talk about it too much, but ultimately you have a message, you have a voice. So you're a young woman in a generation that oftentimes the older generations look at this, oh, they're constantly on Instagram, all this other stuff. But what do you want to share just from your own personal experience that you had all these various adventures and it's only going to be even bigger. What do you want to share with our audience about what you hope for the world to be, given that you've seen and experienced some things that, that might not be as equitable in a, on, a, on a trading floor, just in general? Like what, what, what's your one message that you want to share with our audience? My one message, I would say, you know, I love my generation and I love what they're doing um, in the sense of they don't need a gatekeeper to make their realities a dream. And it doesn't have to be specific to just my generation. I mean that for anybody that, and, you know, who's older, who's, you know, deciding, should I make this career change? Should I do this? Should I do that? Stop thinking and just do. Do and, you know, whatever is meant to be will be, but you actually have to take the first step and taking, you know, doing the risk that you're, you're thinking of doing. And so if there's any message that I want to get across, you know, don't limit yourself based off your age, your gender, your ethnicity. If there is something that you have in mind, you don't need a gatekeeper to make it happen. If you do apply for a company that, you know, you really want to go to and they say no, then, okay, how about create that job for yourself? Um, and I definitely see it happening amongst my generation. And I think Gen Zers are going to follow suit. Uh, but I would really love that message to uh, penetrate with the older generation as well. Everything doesn't have to be so linear. Yeah. And you look at all the examples, whether Sarah Bleakley started her company, Spanx, or Elon Musk couldn't find a job, so he created his own, or, or even mm -hmm. um, Jeff Bezos, he had a job, a hedge fund in New York, but he decided to create his, his company called Amazon. So when you look across right. history- or Tyler Perry with his own production studio, he was, he, Hollywood did not want him. So exactly. Um, exactly. you definitely can make it happen. And I, and I truly honestly believe that. Great. Well, Lauren, thanks so much for sharing your message and your voice today on our podcast. How can our guests stay in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so they can follow me at LA Simmons on Instagram. Uh, be sure to look out in the future for my TV show, my movie. My movie is coming out early um, 2021, starring Kiersey Clemens. Uh, biopic on my life story. And of course, you could also reach me on LinkedIn um, at Lauren Simmons. So yeah. Lauren, thanks again for being on our podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.